Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast. I'm Connor Whiteley, bringing you with psychology news, articles and other interesting psychology related articles. You where I can find the podcast notes and more interesting psychology related things and you can get your free 8 psychology book box set at connorwhiteley.net. Now let's get on to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 100 of the Psychology World Podcast with me, Connor Wiley and today's episode is on lessons learned from 100 episodes of a psychology podcast. This is a great episode, I loved writing it, this is such a brilliant episode for both of us. So the whole point of today's episode is that I'm going to be talking about what lessons I've learned over the past 100 episodes. And then I'm also going to apply these lessons to you, just so you can also get something out of it. This is a great episode. I'm going to say this at the end, but thank you so much for for listening. I'm really, really glad that we got to episode 100, and hopefully many more in the future. And it is Friday, the 2nd of July, 2021, as I record this. And also, I cannot believe that it's the second half of the year. <laughs> okay, so we're moving on to the psychology news section. So we've been from the British Psychological Society Research Digest. And there are some rather interesting ones. Bedtime music can disrupt your sleep by triggering earworms. Do you listen to quiet music to help you wind down before sleep? If you do, you're following the advice of all kinds of organisations, including the US National Institutions of Help and National Sleep Foundation. However, this advice could be counterproductive, according to a new study. The work published in Psychological Medicine finds that bedtime music is associated with more sleep disruptions. And that instrumental music is even worse than listening to music with lyrics. And instrumental music, I really do understand because I tend to listen to that whilst I write my epic, well, as I write my fiction, and it's a lot louder. It's definitely a lot more, like, there's definitely a lot more oomph to it, and I definitely don't think that it's that relaxing. But I presume that this is listening to like relaxing music. But I, yes, but I, yes, but I definitely do understand this. And also I've slightly been affected by this, um, this week because I've been listening to an amazing audio book. I'm not going to tell you the title <laughs> because it's not something that I usually read, but it's absolutely great. And because it's so good, I've not been really wanting to go to sleep. So I'm probably suffering the same effects as that because I know seeing that I'm going to bed slightly later. But the takeaway from this psychology news article is basically don't listen to music before you go to sleep. I think that's what it's trying to say. So another one is, we find it hard to identify the emotions of intense screams and moans. Facial expressions can be hard to read, and they're not just when someone is experiencing a mild emotion or feels ambivalent. Research has suggested that when we witness someone in the throes of a particular acute emotional state, like intense joy or pain, we find it hard to pinpoint exactly what they're feeling. A new study looks at a similar phenomenon. This is a time focusing on vocalisations such as laughter, cries, screams and moans. The team finds that our ability to identify emotions increases as the vocalisations become more intense, but only to a point when these sounds reach a peak intensity, we find it surprisingly hard to classify them. And I completely agree, because the easiest way to think about this is that when someone's laughing, laughing quite intensely, it also sounds like they're about to start crying or they are crying. And I really suffer from, <laughs> I really do understand this. So definitely, yeah, like definitely, and this is a really applicable one to everyday life. The screams and moans, yeah, the uh, screams and moans, I also slightly understand, but I definitely think the laughter and a crying one, that's definitely the most applicable to everyday life. 
And uh, we will do, yes, and I always just do all of them today, though, right? because the content part of today's episode isn't necessarily 100% psychology based. Okay, so the next one is, we feel happier when behaving more extroverted than at normal. Past research has shown that extroverts experience more positive emotions, but if you're not naturally extroverted, these well-being benefits are not necessarily out of reach. One study found that acting like an extrovert could bring the benefits of natural extroversion, while another generated similar findings a year later. However, some of this work also suggests that for people who are particularly um, introverted, acting like an extrovert could be exhausting and actually produce negative emotions. A new study looks in more detail at what happens when we deviate from our baseline levels of extroversion. The team finds that higher than normal levels of extroversion-related behaviour are associated with more positive feelings, even for those who aren't extroverted to begin with. So I can't say a lot about this because I'm fairly introverted, and if I go to a party, which I absolutely hate, I do not enjoy parties, I do not enlarge, I do not enlarge, I do not enjoy larger social situations, I really do understand um, the, the, yeah, by the last line of the first paragraph about introverted acting like an extra that could be exhausting and could produce negative emotions. It is exhausting and yeah, I do not enjoy it in that joy. So, but this is still, yes, but this is still really important to think about. So well, the last one is revenge is sweet, but also bitter. Psychology is a great at confirming or challenging or what the old sayings. We've previously looked at studies examining whether it's true that you shouldn't go to bed on an argument and we have covered that on the podcast. That time flies by when you're having fun and ignorance is a bliss. Not sure if we've covered the last two, but anyway, though. Now, we're paper in social, psychological and personality science as investigated whether revenge is sweet. The researchers have found that people do seem to get something positive out of exacting revenge, but it can leave a bitter aftertaste too. And this I do get because, let's face it, we've all wanted to get revenge on someone before, whether that's minor or quite a major though. But whilst there are a number of possible reasons for why there's a bit of aftertaste, I think that the main one could be that it affects our positive self-image. And I've also been doing a bunch more reflections like this week. And on my list, I've actually got that people will really want to stick to their positive self-image no matter what, even if they are pretty much lying to themselves. So that's definitely part of it. So, And this is something else that I love about social psychology and just psychology in general. Psychology is great at challenging stuff and and it's really good at challenging out thinking that way. So this is why it's really important to research these older sayings just so we can understand the truth or yes, or like or whatever the scientific truth is or like how close we are gonna get to it though. So because this is a quite a, a personal show today in the content part of today's episode, I'm actually gonna forego the personal update and I'm going to move on to the content part of the of the today's episode in a moment. So as always, you can always contact me by emailing me at connorwhiteley at connorwhiteley.net. You can always tweet me on Twitter at sci-fi and you can always leave a comment on the show notes at connorwhiteley.net forward slash podcast. And uh, this episode has been sponsored by Forensic Psychology Collection. So this is an absolutely brilliant box set of my free forensic psychology books. So you will get the basic forensic psychology book. That is great. And yes, and all my forensic psychology books are really well. And they're really, really popular because they all go in so much depth. But they're all written in a really fun, easy to understand way. And people really do like them. 
So with the forensic psychology book, it goes into the basics like what is a forensic psychology and it covers it so much within a forensic psychology. For example, um, why people commit crimes, offending, how do you rehabilitate a offenders, how do you punish them. So it goes into so much like great detail about that and then it also includes the two newer books. Um, the Forensic Psychology of Theft, Burglary and a Property Crime. That's a really good book. And then it also goes into Criminal Profiling. That has to be my favourite book. And I'm actually amazed at how much it sold. Yeah, but like it sold during the first month though. So these are all really popular books. And the great thing about getting this great box set is that you can actually save yourself some money and you can get it in one edition compared to spending a lot more money when you buy the books by themselves though. So that is the Forensic Psychology Collection available on all major ebook retailers and you can get the payback and the hardback editions from Amazon or your local bookstore and you can get the ebook and the payback and the hardback for free at your local library if you request it. So that's enough for the psychology news section so let's move on to the content part of today's episode. So we're moving on to the content part of today's episode. So the entire point of this episode is that I'll be talking about what lessons that I've learned from the past hundred episodes. And then I also want to apply it to you, just you also get something out of it. But all these reasons are only stuff I've hinted at the podcast before, or I've actually never said. So this should be a really interesting episode. And it's sort of a behind the scenes and, it, and it's also like what I'm thinking at that particular time. Okay, so, <laughs> okay, so but this should be a great episode. So the first lesson was, if something isn't working, change it. So with this first lesson, I generally, I have really, I have really started to understand this around the episode 30 mark, because when I created the podcast in November 2019, and I'm actually amazed that that's that long ago now, especially after the pandemic year, <laughs> Uh, back in like, November 2019, this podcast was actually designed to be direct marketing for my psychology books. So I started it by just like reading extracts for my psychology books and just like speaking about them. And then also did the psychology news section, which was nowhere near as professional as it as it like was now. And it also took me quite a while to think about how this podcast was working and how I wanted to run it. Because when I started this podcast, I was still at a university and everything. And then it had got to around the episode 30 mark and I was going quite bored of the podcast. It really felt as if it had become a chore because I wasn't learning anything. I was just reading from, from my books and I was really considering quitting. I don't think I really wanted to do this anymore. Okay, so then that happened. And then after that thinking, I realised I had an amazing psychology podcaster and I was starting to grow and get a community which where you wonderful people would come in leading me to realise that I shouldn't just read extracts from my book and talk about these extracts. What I should do instead is I go online and find an interesting psychology article where take my take on it and to do my own version and then record it and talk about it. And this is why I'm still doing the podcast. That change really helped me to understand, right, I want this podcast just so I can keep learning and just so I can keep sharing what I've learned with you wonderful people. I'm so glad that I did. I... I just would not be doing the podcast if I hadn't made that change. Now I love this podcast. I cannot see myself giving it up any time soon. And I look forward every single week to come in and to do this podcast. Though, And I 
So but the takeaway here for you is that if you're doing something, whether it's a psychology module at a university, a job or anything else, if you don't enjoy it, try and change it to just your inner join it more and to loving life. Life is really too short not to be in join life. Podcasting is community building. And this next lesson, this is like the best lesson I think that I've learned. Because as an author, I listen to quite a few podcasts and I often hear about the idea of like community building, building your readership and everything. Well, I sort of just, but I think I knew it. I just hadn't realised it until this happened. So it was around episode 15 and then what happened was that I started to realise that podcasting is an amazing way to talk to people because this was when I pitched um, the wonderful guest from episode 61, Joanna Penn or J.F. Penn, to talk about the psychology of a religion. And when she said yes, I was thinking, wow, she wants to talk to me because in the author community, she's like a rock star. So I had no idea that she would even want to talk to me on a psychology podcast, but her books are. So I really do recommend listening to episode 61. But then also what happened was that you wonderful listeners started to reach out a lot more and you often wanted to talk to me, which I'm more than happy with. Always, always feel happy to reach out to me. I love talking to people. And I've actually had some great conversations with some of you. So that's been really good. And hopefully I will talk to more and more people over time as you like reach out to me. Though. So massive thank you for that. But also though... Podcasting isn't just a great way to build a psychology community, but it's also a great way to talk to people, which I've sort of like preluded to. Because generally speaking, if you say to someone, can I talk to you please about your work for half an hour? Let's be honest, they're going to say no. If someone if someone said that to me, I would probably go, no, what's the point? However, what you can say is, is that can I talk to you on my podcast of extra people and talk about your work? then they're most probably going to say yes, because this is also marketing for them. So they're going to be a lot more happy to do it. And also that I did just, I want to say though, first of all, sometimes I do get some really bad pitches for a podcast, for me to go on other podcasts. And I am sorry that I don't always like to respond to them. But the thing is, though, is that the reason why I don't is because the main reason is, is that there's no podcast audience and there's no information about it because most of the pitches that I get are just come on our podcast to talk about your a new book. Then I look at the podcast and I'm thinking, well, that's not the best match and you've not said what specifically you want to talk about and you've also not said your audience size and, and everything else. And then, as I said earlier, it was really the episode, this is 61 interview with a JF Penn, Penn that made me realise that I really do want to talk to more people. So I do want to have a more guests on. In fact, I would absolutely love to pitch my social psychology lecturer, Karen Douglas at the University of Kent. Well, she does conspiracy theories. Come on, who does not love conspiracy theories? But there's a lack of self-confidence there, which I think I might just go, con like, come on, Connor, just like pitch her and see what happens. So if we apply the lesson to you, then a podcasting. It is a great way to build up a reputation and to make yourself known. But I'm not saying, I'm absolutely not saying start a podcast. It's a lot of work. If I didn't have books, I would not be doing it because if you're going to keep doing it, then sadly, sadly though, you do need to monetize it. So when one of you buys my books, recommends the podcast or does anything to help me, I'm really, really grateful. And you really are making a massive impact because but you're helping the podcast go on for longer. But what I am saying, though, is that if you want to build up a reputation, then perhaps you might want to pitch a psychology podcast and become a guest. And you are always welcome to pitch me to help 
yes, I'll be like a tutor. Come on, this is a podcast. And I will probably say yes if your pitches are good. So you can just use the contact form uh, to kind of widely done it for slash a contact. I'm always happy to receive a pitches. Do what you love, even if it's unpopular. <laughs> this is actually quite a, a funny one. And as we already know, and of the past hundred episodes, I really hope that I've improved that. That there are so many great areas within the psychology. There really are, from coach psychology to social psychology, cognitive to clinical, and all the little things in between. There are so many great subfields within all of these, making it really normal and there to be a topic or sub area that one person loves, but lots of people don't. And for me, I absolutely love artificial intelligence and clinical psychology. So whenever I see an article on it, I love to do podcast episodes about it. For the sole reason that I love it, I find it interesting and it's the future. Even though I realise as I look at the blog post, um, that's actually three reasons. <laughs> so, so far, I've done two episodes on it. Episode 49, which was my predictions, and also episode 80, which was about how artificial intelligence can help reduce mental health misdiagnosis, which both of these are great. But it turns out lots of people in psychology, they don't like this topic and people don't like artificial intelligence. Mainly like because at the moment, as I record this in early July 2021, a normal podcast episode gets between 60 and 80 downloads. But artificial intelligence episodes get between 40 and 60. So as you can see, there's a massive drop. So it's not that everyone doesn't like them, but there's a massive drop. Yet I know that if I'm going to be podcasting for the long term, I have to do episodes that I love and I'm passionate for, meaning that I need to find a balance that you, my wonderful audience, love and find interesting and psychology articles that are mainly for my benefit, which is where the AI episodes come in, Mavoas. Therefore, if we turn this on you, you might be really interested in a subfield of a psychology that you absolutely love and are quite obsessed with, but it's such a small area of a psychology that not many people are actually like that interested it's not well researched and it's not that um established but the overall reason here for you is that if you love this little subfield go for it research it love it work in that subfield as a research or whatever job it is just because it's unpopular or it's at the outskirts of a mainstream psychology doesn't make it worthless or not your time if you love a psychology topic and others do drill down on it then on the other end of the spectrum and this is the final lesson If there's a psychology topic that both my audience, so you, and I love, then I am going to drill down on this fiercely and focus on it because that's where the focus is and it means that I can keep learning about the topic which benefits me and also what benefits you, the listener, because you're clearly interested in that topic though. And this is why I mainly focus on a clinical psychology on the podcast because I love it and so would you. At least from the um, numbers of uh, downloads that I get, I hope I'm not being too like presumptuous. But this uh, drilling down actually has some great benefits because if you guys didn't like um, coach psychology and if the coach psychology episodes weren't as popular as they are, then I would not be doing a coach psychology book, which I've got to start researching it. I've got to put it on the to-do list for next week. <laughs> And then I'm going to apply the lesson in the next section. So the conclusion. So as we reach the end of this 100th episode of this amazing podcast that I love, I have to say massive thank you. Massive thank you to all my wonderful listeners and the readers of the blog and the podcast. Without you, I really would not have got this far. Maybe episode 50, maybe episode 75, 
really not 100. So it's because you keep coming back here that I keep coming back. It's because of all the great comments and the great conversations that I have with you why I keep coming back to this. So a massive thank you. So just thank you is all I can now say. And I can't not see myself again into episode 200. So I really do hope to see you there. But the overall lesson or lessons from today's episode have been we have to love what we do. We all need to do what we love, whether it's exploring an area of our psychology, reading about a stranger subfield, or going to work in an area we love. We all have to do what we love, because if we don't, you just can't do it for the long term, and you will hate your life over time. And please, I really do not want to see any of that happen to you, and I'm talking about a really bad experience I had the other week. So please have fun, and enjoy life, and keep learning. And yes, just thank you, all of you. So just as a quick wrap up, please check out the Forensic Psychology Collection available on all major ebook retailers and you can order the paperback and hardback copies from Amazon or your local bookstore. And if you know someone who would find today's episode useful, then please share it with them. I'm always really grateful when you wonderful people help us spread the word about the podcast. So an absolute massive thank you and hopefully it will make it to episode 200. So Massive thank you once again. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to see the show notes, then please go to connorwhitely.net. And if you want a free Ada book psychology box set, then please go to connorwhitely.net. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time.